This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Humans of Space, a podcast from the makers of BBC Sky Night magazine and hosted by Neve Shaw that looks at the individuals who shape our understanding of the universe and how they got to be where they are today. You can subscribe to the print edition of the magazine by visiting skynightmagazine.com or to our digital edition by visiting iTunes or Google Play. In this episode from the archives recorded in 2021, Neve talks to former astronaut Nicole Stott about the poignancy of viewing our home planet from space. So, uh, hello, Nicole. It's always a pleasure to speak um, with you. I've been fortunate to kind of cross paths with you uh, a number of times. I think the first time I spoke with you was on the Space Studies program in 2017 when we had it in Cork. And then we were on a panel, the TMRO YouTube panel back in I want to say 2019, was it around the time when, when the dear moon first, um, first was announced, wasn't it? Right, um, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so how are you? Um, uh, where are you and how are you doing and, and, uh, how's life at the moment for you? Uh, I'm well, you know, family's well, we're here in Florida and Neve, it's always, it's my pleasure too, you know? Oh, um, thank you. And I know people aren't <laughs> seeing us, but uh, <laughs> just to have that opportunity is nice as well. And yeah, I guess it yeah. seems like every two years we make, make an appearance with each other. That's great. We have to make it more <laughs> frequent the next time. So, yeah. um, yeah. so it's great. It's great. For, firstly, congratulations on, on the new book or um, back to earth, um, which I understand is um, it's coming to Ireland and the UK on the 11th of November. So you've probably, you've probably let that go a few months at this stage. Have you, you've kind of gone, I wrote that months and months ago. So what's the, what's the <laughs> no, timeline? Been I don't on know. That it doesn't let go of you. I don't think, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's, it's kind of funny. I mean, we're in the stages now of, you know, kind of the promotion, yeah. um, getting it out. It's been available for pre-order for a while, but in the U S it comes out on October 12th and in the UK on November 11th. And so there's that whole push. And, um, you know, I will say thank thank you to it for bringing us together, if that's what did. I mean, we can always speak otherwise as well. <laughs> yeah. So what made you decide to write a book, um, Nicole? Where did that come from? Um, well, I'll, I'd say there's a couple things. One, and you know Chris, uh, my husband Chris, yeah. um, ha- had 
pushed on me, and I say that in a nice way, you know, kind of the gentle nudge for for a while that, um, you know, I I had been talking about communicating the space flight experience, the the, the result of it for me, kind of the outcome of it for me, and in a lot of different ways. And, you know, and people had asked, oh, do you, you know, do I have a book? And I, no. And, <laughs> and finally, finally, I took that lead. But I think really kind of in me was this need to get it down um, in a way that more people than I can get to <laughs> yeah. could, could have that experience too. And it's not a memoir, you know, it's not that no, kind of story. Yeah, no. No. And um and it's not the usual, I guess, though I love reading my colleagues um it, like inspirational stories, yeah. how yeah. they became an astronaut. And there's little tidbits of in there just anecdotally, I think, to support the story. But it's really more about how I, you know, it's why I love the the name of this um show, The Humans of Space. I think it's more about how as humans of space we've come together you know, in this place off planet, um, as this international community doing really, really challenging things. And we're living in ways that apply directly to how we should be living like crewmates down here on Spaceship Earth. And, and those are the things I wanted, wanted to share kind of those, the human side of, you know, what are we doing there? How are we doing it? And how can that help us, you know, overcome the really challenging things we have in have going on down here on planet earth yeah you know it's it's true it's like it's 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 such an important time and i do like you i've been kind of researching that connection for a while now and it, and it's so obvious that that we can by by seeing the earth in its entirety we can really kind of look at it differently and kind of uh, connected back to to the climate and i love what you how you do that in your book and how you you know you ask us to really think about um how we see ourselves on the planet and how we are kind of custodians of the planet it's it's really lovely what what you say yeah so, it's you know i knew you'd get it um, yeah <laughs> i totally get it. it's like I you, hope I, no i hope a lot i hope everyone does you know i hope there's you know i'm i'm actually quite simple and thought, you know, always try to bring it back, at least for me, to the simplest ways you can look at something. And um, I don't know, I, I just think when we we have done something like build this space station, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, as this the, through this international partnership, right, this mechanical life support system in space, and the way we behave there, the things we do as simple as Oh my gosh, how much CO2 is in my atmosphere every day? How much clean drinking water do I have? Integrity of my thin metal hull, you know, health and well-being of all my crewmates. And I know it's like matters of scale, but holy, holy moly, to me, it just seems like this perfect model. Yeah, it's like a miniature, a miniature planet. And, and, you yeah. know, you guys were, were made aware at all times because, you know, space is hard and it's difficult to survive. So I, I, I think it's, it's a no brainer that we can apply it back down to earth for, for climate. Yeah. And were you always a champion, um, about the climate? And, uh, and did you always have like a really good relationship with, with earth? Or do you think the experience really kind of helped you figure that out? You know, I think I always did, mm. but I think there's no doubt that, you know, from that vantage point, from that perspective, um, there's certainly like an awakening of it, I guess, you know, this just 
strangely a, a connection that happens from that, you know, that distance that I, I had maybe allowed myself to feel down here on the planet. And that's another thing I really want people to know is that, wow, I, I highly recommend it for everyone. And you know, this means mm. like if everyone could get <laughs> to that place and see earth from space that way. But I also know in my heart that you do not, I mean, you do not have to go there to realize these things, to appreciate the awe and wonder that's around us, you know, with our feet here on <laughs> on the planet. I think a lot of that is opening our hearts and our minds to it, um, to, you know, appreciating in a new way. Uh, wow. I live on a planet. You know, we can figure that out by, by standing here. Too. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and Nicole, what, what is it? Is it like, do you, do you feel the love of the planet? Do you fall in love with it? Or like what, what, I mean, I, I, you know, it's a very difficult thing. I know I'm asking you just this, this overview effect that people talk about that all astronauts and um, most astronauts kind of feel that once they've seen it, you know, it never leaves them. And what, what is it? Is it like you, is it love? Is it, what is the connection that you feel? What's that bond like? I, that, that, you know, that's a good word. I've never really thought about it that way, but I think that underlies it all for sure. Um, there's, there's definitely this, I mean, there's the beauty of it, right? Yeah, you know, the, yeah. this, this beauty that you see, um, that you experience in a whole new way that, and I think we've talked about this for, you know, like from the artistic side, just looking at this planet that's glowing and colorful and iridescent and like translucent, you know, in a way that you kind of have to get your eyes adjusted and stuff. And, you know, that surprises you every time you look at it. And then also, you know, understanding that perhaps the beauty you're seeing is maybe not felt the same way when you're physically on the planet. And I might always use a hurricane. I mean, there's all kinds of examples you can use, but you know, when you watch a hurricane moving across the ocean, it looks gorgeous, right? You know, it's like you're watching this billowy, white, fluffy, swirly storm, I guess, moving across the planet with the mute button on, you have no sense of the sound or the action dynamics that are happening in it. And yet as a girl who's grown up and now living again in Florida, I know those hurricanes are not. Yes. Far from white things. That's what we're thinking, you know, from down here. So kind of that contrast and thought of what you experience from one perspective, but what you know of it from another perspective. Um, And then ultimately I think just the, this under, undeniable sense of interconnectivity, yeah, right? That yeah. you, you look at it, it's like there is no other side of the planet. It's just this continuum. And it just really, really makes you realize that that everything, everyone is, that there is a connection in some yeah, way and a dependence yeah. on each other. And that's the, all life, you know, yeah. and the planet itself, right? Yeah. When you describe that, the only thing I can think of that's similar is I remember the first time I was an auntie, my sister had, you know, Stephen, I mean, he's getting, you know, he, he's getting married like um, oh later God. this year. Like he's, he's, what age is he? He's 30, 30 he's 31. You know what I mean? Like, so it's years wow. ago. But I remember the first time I met him and it was just like, we within a matter of hours, we forgot what life was like before he existed. And it's like, he knew who I was. We never had to, he never made strange with me, no matter, you know, how long a distance it was before we met. So, so when you say that, that's the closest feeling. I I think I understand 
what the, what you mean by that interconnectedness. So that it's you could be looking at if you were lucky to look, you know, fortunate to travel onwards and you were to look at Venus and Mars, you wouldn't feel the same connection because you'd know that there's something different about being from Earth. Is, is that kind of. I, I think that's could you write that down? I, mean, that's, <laughs> I think that's really and, and I think that's that's one of the things we have to look at, kind of look in ourselves at it. You know, you're not just seeing it. You're not just hearing it, you know, floating in it. It's it's really getting in you in yeah. some way, right? Yeah. Like yeah. W- without, without it being able to leave, <laughs> yeah. you know, like with your nephew, I mean, it's just that, that's, that's essential have with you forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great way. Yeah. And then, um, so the, so when you were on the, the, I, uh, the ISS on your, on your first mission, were you, uh, did you feel the need to express yourself artistically or was it like there was just so much happening that you couldn't? And then the second mission, you said, I, I have to paint, I have to paint. Or, or like, how did, can you talk more about your, 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 your painting and, and how all that came about? Yeah. And that, I mean, that was, I, that painting I did was um, on my first flight. And on your first flight. Wow. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I, so I think, I think you understand this too. There's so many kind of steps along the way where you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, thank you, Mary Jane Anderson, or thank you, whoever, yeah. you know, some yeah. person in your life that encouraged you to do something, right? And I mean, I have vivid memory of one of my flight crew equipment people, Mary Jane Anderson. She was this, you know, person who helped us pack all of our stuff, you know, yeah. all the stuff that NASA was supplying, you know, the three pairs of underwear you got for the three months you're going to be there. <laughs> oh, one God. pair of pants, you know, no, I mean, that's an exaggeration, but one pair of pants is not an exaggeration oh though. God. One pair of pants, <laughs> which was totally fine by the way. Yeah. Um, but in all of that, like here's this preparation for all the stuff you need. She was, and I think it's a need in a different way, actually, that she recognized. She's like, Nicole, you know, you're going to be living there for months. Why in this little bag that you have, where you can bring personal items, bring something with you that you enjoy doing down here on earth. Mm. And so that's, you know, long story short, that's the way, you know, bringing the watercolor kit came. I did not paint until towards the end of the flight. I mean, you're right. It's kind of crazy busy mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. the time. And then mm-hmm. when you have a free moment, you're in front of that window. And the easiest way to kind of creatively capture it um, for yourself, and I think we do it for others as well, is with the camera. I mean, if you weren't a photographer before you got there, you, you become one. You want you want to see it, experience, and, and share it. Um, but I am thankful I did, towards the end of the flight, pull out the paint kit. Um, I think it made me realize at that moment that it's, it is important to look for other ways to share the experience, yeah. to yeah. find ways that might connect with someone that photography wouldn't or the 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 writing won't or the you know whatever just you know all these ways that we can can share it um and I'm so thankful because Mm -hmm. I I really think it is again the humans of space I think it is one of these ways that we put the human in human space flight eBay Motors is here for the ride with over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and what's yeah. interesting is I've seen it, you know, the first time I met you, you, we were very lucky that you brought it with you, you know, in 2017 mm-hmm. to that space and art session that we had. And, you know, I, I love photography, uh, uh, you know, myself and you've seen pictures, but there's something about it being a physical object. It, be, it takes on a, another life, doesn't it? It's like, you know, can we see the painting? So nobody ever says yeah. that. Can we see the picture? You know, because other astronauts have taken beautiful pictures and the fact that that's now in the Smithsonian, isn't it? You've, you've given it yeah. to the Smithsonian. So, so that in itself means that it becomes something else and and I do think that there's something about the human hand because I did ask you this before like I was fascinated about how paint travels from the brush to the <laughs> to the paper because you're not in you're not in gravity so so you know um what w- what kind of pressure did you have to put on the brush in order for the paint to stick on the paper I'll tell you it was it was a whole weird process yeah. and you know you've seen the the one picture of of the pa- the painting, you painting space, yeah. you know that I yeah. have I Again, I like hug Bob Thursk every time I see him to thank him for that random shot as he was floating through. <laughs> um, you know, just, I mean, I didn't even think about it, you know, videotaping yeah. it or anything. I mean, back then in the olden days, it was the big, you know, studio yeah. cameras that we yeah. had up there. We didn't have the GoPros and stuff that, that makes it so easy for those kids up there now. Yeah. Um, but, but it, it, you know, that whole, I don't know if it's the physics of it or the yeah. just the difference of it with the ball of water, you know, dipping your brush into a little sphere of water that you right. squirt out of your drink bag because there's no cups of water That's to right, dip your course, brush yeah. in. Yeah. And then, I mean, I remember just being like, wow, that was cool. As I watched the, as I brought the tip of the brush towards the ball of water, it was like, I was totally expecting to have to, you know, dip it right in, pull it, you know, whatever. And it was like, right before I got the tip of the brush to the ball of water, it's like the whole bowl of water just moved on to the end of the brush. And I remember just standing there looking at (laughs) this ball of water floating on the end of the brush that I knew would stay there. You know, it's going to move around and stuff, but unless I you know, flick the brush or shook it around, the little ball of water was just going to stay there and move around to the end of the brush. And I was like, wow, you know, what was that? Was that like some super magical, mysterious, magnetic, you know, or attractive thing or, you know, the surface tension? I mean, what was it that, you know, caused that to happen? And then, you know, watching, you know, taking it down to the paints and the same thing happening with the paint, like right before the ball of water got to the paint, it's like the paint pulled it. Onto it. And I mean, it's like right before, right before. And then the same thing, pulling the colored ball of water off the paint. And, and then, you know, particular to your question is if you touched the brush to the paper, the whole blob of colored water just went to the paper. So you couldn't really paint with the tip of the brush. It was more like you were dragging the colored ball of water along the paper. Cause if you actually touched the tip, of it just, you know, now that might've been, you know, if I activated that other brain cell, that might've been a cool thing to do too, would have been just to, you know, take the paper and just see what the colored water would have done on its own without, you know, or, or with touching the all different kinds of things that, you know, I could have done, but I, I got so engaged with just painting them, <laughs> you know, that one painting. Fabulous. You know, it's, and, and that's it, isn't it? I mean, you kind of take the simplest of tasks for granted mm-hmm. because of gravity. And even just the, the, even just like the movement 
of a brush touching a ball of water is, yeah. is, is magical when you explain it that way, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's, and everybody's like, Oh, it must've been so much harder to paint up that. No, I'm like, no, it's not more difficult. It's just different, different. you yeah. know, yeah. and things that might be challenging on, um, on earth are not in space and think mm. the other way around, like, uh, you know, down here on earth, we can sit all our stuff on the table. We can have it all arranged around us and we can just reach for it and keep, it all stays there, yeah. <clears throat> you know, on, uh, in microgravity, that's like your number one task before you start anything is okay. How am I going to organize this stuff? Do I Velcro on everything? Can I, <laughs> can I reach it? You, you know, all yeah. of that. Cause if you let it go, it's going to yeah, yeah. float away. It's yeah. so interesting. And then, um, you know, if we kind of, if we turn back the clock a little bit then about your, your career at NASA, how did all of that come about? Tell us a little bit about how you managed to start. I know you were 28 years at NASA. So how, how did I all know. that begin? That's amazing. How is that? Amazing. That? I, I just had my, what would have been 40th high school. Like, oh, you know, we oh didn't have God. a reunion, but yeah. I mean, how is 40 years gone by? From I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. High school. Um, Anyhow, so really for me, the whole just wanting to work at NASA in general came about, I, I blame my parents, you know, I yeah. credit them with just, which my husband and I are trying to do with our son too, who, yeah. by the way, is about to go off to university. <laughs> um, Exciting. And you know, little Roman, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> possible. I know, yeah. But just sharing what they loved with me, right? You know, my mom, kind of the creative stuff and... Uh, my dad built and flew small airplanes. As kids, we hung out at the airport. I mean, that's if we were going to see our dad, that's where we, you know, my mom would take us because, <laughs> and I developed a love for flying, but I think also wanting to know how things fly. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that, I just let that almost naively, I think, guide me um, to what I studied at school and uh, and, and I discovered, man, if you want to know how airplanes fly, why would you not want to know how rocket ships fly? As I was graduating from high school, the shuttle program was starting. And as I was graduating from college, I took the long route, by the way. Yeah. Um, we were getting back into flight post um, Challenger. And, um, and NASA was just where I wanted to wanted to be. And I wasn't thinking about it from the astronaut standpoint at that time. Yeah. I mean, I really wasn't. It was more, wow, this would just be so cool to work on making these things fly, getting th these, these vehicles ready for flight. And um, really fortunate to get a job in the hangar, you know, where the orbiter is, the kind of yeah. airplane looking part of the space shuttle. And and I think about it now, like, man, you know, I don't care what job you have, even if it's the greatest one you think you will ever get in your entire life, right? There are days where you're just like, what the heck? You I know. know. What am I doing here? My, yeah. I know. But in that place, the fact that you could walk down into this hangar, and I get goosebumps thinking about it, just walk under this vehicle and just look up and, and the enormity of it, you know, yeah. to have it there and be working with the people that were working on it just incredible. And, um, and then the, I mean, the path to astronaut was uh, like delayed, I think, in thinking about it, at least for me, because I, I had watched the moon landing thing as a kid, have vivid memory of that, thought it was really cool for those other people, right? Oh, that's something those other, even through my whole life up until probably nine into the 10 years of working at Kennedy, it was like, 
that's something, you know, why would I ever consider that? That's something other special people get to do. You know, they'll never pick me. Why would they ever pick? I haven't done anything that they would pick. Why would they? And again, like the Mary Jane Anderson, right? You know, there's these people that, um, I don't know that we discover in our lives, I guess they are our real, our true mentors that see something in us that we might not see in ourselves. And are ready to lift us up whenever we ask that question. And and for me, that was, you know, a couple of folks at, at Kennedy, where I think after years of getting these vehicles ready to fly, and, and I think I'm slow because it took me, you know, nine of the 10 years I was there. But I'm like, wow, you know, 99.9%, and that's probably low, of an astronaut's job is not flying in space. And at least 80% of it, as far as I could tell, was a lot like what I was already doing as a NASA engineer. And that's what started, like, I think putting the little like sparklers in there or something saying, you know, you might at least consider it. (laughs) You you might at least. And so I spoke to these people and honestly, Neve, all they did was encourage me to pick up the pen and fill out the application. And, and I'm so thankful that they didn't like lead in with, oh, you know, Nicole, ten, you know, thousands of people apply for this. You know, it's a real long shot. Why, you know, yeah, go for it if you want to. I mean, I see that happen so many times and it just really makes me so mad. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, you would do that. Well, yeah, I think that's the thing. You know, I think everybody goes, um, there's something about, uh, applying it, it it almost sort of is an, it's is an indi- it, yeah but it's it's almost an indicator of how much self-belief that you have and yeah. uh you know um here here in europe you know the european space agency they've recently closed their call for astronauts and uh i had a lot of conversations with people and and it's important to allow yourself apply just because it's something that you have to overcome about yourself. It's it's really right. interesting that you also, I mean, I wouldn't have thought that someone like you would even have had that kind of doubt. Oh, Isn't that it's crazy? more the norm than not. I think it is more the norm than not. Um, I think it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I really, I, I love that we're having this conversation. Yeah. I think it's, I, I think it's, I mean, it was really helpful for me to have this happen, I think. And then be able to share it as like, we can doubt ourselves yeah. out of some of the most amazing opportunities. And, and, and we doubt ourselves to the point where we don't do the one thing that we have total control of, right? Filling out the application. No one else can do that for you. Yeah. It doesn't cost anything. <laughs> doesn't yeah. cost anything. I mean, it is a little painful because it's one of those, you know, applications, yeah. but, but it's not painful in the way that, um, that it could be, you know? Yeah. And that's why I'm so thankful to these people who just opened up like my mind to this idea that I I have control of something in this process because everything else you have no control, yeah. <laughs> you know, you have no control <laughs> over. Right. So, um, and just believing enough in myself, it, it took that, those conversations and the fact that they just kind of matter of factly positively led me to do that. And there was no discouragement at all. And they didn't say, oh, Nicole, you'll make the greatest astronaut, you know, there no. ever was. You got to fill out the application. They might say that now, Neve. I don't know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I 
like to think they would. But, yeah, obviously. But, you know, but that wasn't what it took. It was just the simple, mm-hmm. wow, I just have mm-hmm. to pick up the pen. Doesn't it show you, though, you the language and the words people use um, really impact uh, everything? You know, so... Yeah. All people are really doing in those situations, I think, is they're almost giving you permission. They're not saying it. They're, they're just getting out. They're helping you get out of your own way, you know, yeah. it, and it's and like I'm the same things like that have happened to me where you suddenly see what they see when they look at you and you're going, oh, my God, you know, and, and that's all you need sometimes. So, yeah. so so the day you received notice that you had been selected, what what was that like then from from being somebody that had this like it's never going to be me to suddenly getting it? <clears throat> Yeah, you know, well, and I interviewed twice. Um, yeah. The first time I didn't get selected. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, you know, it's kind of like, you know, trying out for cheerleading or something, you don't yeah. get picked. And as much as you think, oh, that'll never happen. And it, then it doesn't, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'd have been the greatest cheerleader. Not, yeah. but, um, <laughs> but, but it's kind of cool. The opportunities that open up when, when it doesn't happen to like, yeah. um, I didn't get picked the first time but they offered me this job as a flight engineer on the shuttle training aircraft. And like for a person who wants to know how things fly, who wants to be around flying things. I honestly, I didn't think it could get any better. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, you know, these stages of this, but the day that I, the day that I got um, the call was the same day. It was a July 20th. (laughs) Yeah. Um, was in 2000. It was the same day that I was about to head off and go do my check ride for my instrument rating for my pilot's mm-hmm. license. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like the worst day and, ever. Yeah, 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 you know, and you know, which is, which is stressful, you yeah. know, you're going to go off and do this flying thing and this check ride that, you know, this test. And, uh, and so I get the phone call, Bill Parsons was, was on the line who mm-hmm. I know quite mm-hmm. well. And, you know, and the whole thing was, okay, and Nicole, you can't tell anyone, you know, um, yeah, you can tell Chris, you know, yeah. but you can't really tell anyone yet. It'll be a couple of days before we make it public. So we need, you know, I'm like, okay. So I go off to do this, this, this check ride in this airplane. And I got this grin like, <laughs> ear to ear. And the guy's looking at me like, are you a freak or something? Because <laughs> normally people are coming in here. They're like, <laughs> you know, they're, there's, there's a little bit scared and everything, which I was, for yeah, that, but yeah. I just couldn't get this grin off my face. And I'm like, I can't tell you, but I'll tell you another time <laughs> in a couple days after I hopefully pass this thing that we're about to do, yeah. which I did thankfully. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, it was a bit, um, a bit surreal because, uh, as much as you want that call to happen, I don't think you really like believe it's going to happen. Um, mm, mm, mm. so and I was thankful that one of my friends was the one who was yeah. able to call me on it. That was nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And um, and throughout the throughout the course of of your career at NASA, as you said, like flying has been a big part of it uh, for you. Kind of, it brought you in with your dad and your mom. Your mom being the artist and your dad uh, being obsessed with planes. When you fly in the air. For people who don't fly planes, what's the what's the attraction to flying? Um, I th- I think it's that perspective thing, which as a word I would not have known. You yeah. know, when I was a, a little kid who couldn't even see over the. And my dad always built biplanes, so they were. Oh wow! You yeah. know, like I, you'd sit in the front in the open open cockpit, and you know, the two wings, and you're doing aerobatics and stuff, and. 
Um, I, I think when you're too small to even see over the top of the canopy, you're not using words like perspective, you know, yeah, vantage yeah. point and yeah. you know, all of that. All you're doing is like, okay, roll over so I can see the little um, <laughs> you know, Barbie doll houses <laughs> and the, you know, the, the ants moving around, the ant people and stuff moving around. Like, just know that you're looking at something differently and that, I mean, it feels like this gift, right? Like yeah. I, at that point, couldn't have taken myself off the planet, you know, in an airplane when I was that little, but here I was getting lifted up and looking at things in a whole new way and realizing that, you know, kids growing up, you know, we talked about high school. It's like, you've got these rival high schools and stuff, you know, and, <laughs> and, I, and you get up in an airplane and you're looking you're like, wow, I live in Clearwater and Largo is not that far away. It's actually <laughs> right there. I can see the state, the two stadiums, you know, this is why is there, is there this rivalry thing? And you might not be at that point really soaking it in, in the philosophical or kind of deeper ways, but I think it, I don't know. I just think it's this, this, this gift that allows you to see things differently. Yeah. And, um, and that's the way I look at it every time I, I get on any airplane and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I get the sense that you probably keep the window open and, you know, aren't so worried about the, yeah, yeah love. irritate the person in the seat next to you who's trying to watch the movie. I love it. Yeah. I just, I can never get enough of it. And I, and you go to a different headspace, you just start thinking differently and you, and you see things differently, but then actually yeah. flying a plane itself mm -hmm. is, what's that like in comparison to See, is it something, is it the control of it or is it, is it the fact that you can feel the air, you, you're kind of controlling the, your movement using air? I, I can't explain, you know what I mean? Is it cerebral or is it sort yeah. of another feeling that you, that you get? I, I think there's a mix. I think, you know, I kind of think about it like scuba diving too, or, mm. you know, there's certain things where, um, like in flying, the view out the window, the fact that you're moving through air that way, that you're lifted up off the planet, yeah. you're happy. I mean, you know, the fact to me, it seems like, wow, should we really be able to do this? You know, I, I understand the engineering of these wings mm. and all this, but should we really be? This is just, it's kind of this mysterious thing, right? And, but at the same time, and that's why I compare it to, to diving, is you have to absolutely you know, have the essay, the situational awareness going on. You've got to be in it. You can't be thinking about all kinds of other stuff. You are responsible, you know, for your own life and the, you know, the people that are down below you and the, you know, returning the airplane to the rental place <laughs> in the same condition <laughs> that, scratches. You know, you, yeah. that you taxied out with. And, um, and you just, you have this responsibility, right? In all of it that requires you really to kind of separate from all the other stuff ah, okay. that might be going on. Okay. To be, if there's, I mean, there's a transcendence in it. I mm -hmm. think that way it's, it's kind of weird because, you know, when you think of transcendence, you kind of think about yourself lifting out and all of that, you know, separating from the, the nonsense going on. Yeah. Um, and I think that happens in those places. And at the, yet at the same time, there's a like kind of hyper awareness that has to happen to, to be in control, to be comfortably, I think, in control, not like worried, am I in control the whole time, but just at ease with that. So you can experience the fishes and the beauty and the little matchbox cars and that's beautiful, um, you know, yeah. planet. Yeah. 
And then, um, you know, moving from that then to the space shuttle, I mean, it must have been brilliant to get a chance to launch and, and return to Earth on this. I don't think that, you know, it's it's a really, really special spacecraft, isn't it? It's like... Um, yeah. Everybody who talks about going, oh, yeah, the shuttle. Because it, it's, I think, do you know what I think it was? I think it was very tangible to people who aren't involved in the space sector because it looked like something familiar and it returned and it landed like an ordinary plane and it made the whole thing feel safer yeah. to, or more familiar to people. So so what was what was the shuttle like Um as a craft to to be on, yeah. you were on the last flight ever, were you? Off off the off uh, one of the craft well, when we were originally, we were on the last flight of the space shuttle Discovery. Wow! Um, when we were first assigned, it was meant to be the last flight of the program. Wow! And wow. then, um, very fortunately, they added another flight to the manifest, which you know we were like high five and like yes, let's keep it going, keep doing that, you know. And um, but yeah, so we were the last flight of Discovery. <clears throat> You know, having had the opportunity to work with the people, you know, on the ground at Kennedy Space Center um, on those spacecraft, you know, getting to know the feeling like, you know, you're getting to know them kind of up close and personal and um, and the people too, the people like who and I think in all of the space, pro, you know, regardless of which spacecraft it is. I mean, there's like this sense of care and feeding yeah, that that the people really have for, for the spaceships, too. And to be to have been part of that was. Um, I don't know. I feel like it was a bonus for me versus, you know, some of my crewmates who, who didn't have that experience with, with the, the vehicle itself yeah. and the people, yeah. but oh my gosh, the space shuttle, you, you think about it now and, you know, so different to what we're flying, um, now back yeah. with, with the capsules, which yeah. do the job. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I, I keep thinking, you know, like as human beings, that little chirp on the runway, that's kind of how, you know, that that's like, chirp. You know, yeah, like that kind of makes sense, you know, to be in something like that. Um, but the vehicle itself, I mean, you, huge. you know, when it, it, huge, huge and the overall capability of it, yeah. like every aspect of what we were doing um, in space, like building things, deploying things, doing science, yeah. you know, technology demonstration. I mean, all of it. Um was it did it all yeah it was really smart really well yeah really smart and um and when normally and you i mean you know you're at isu now you're yeah. you, you've got these students coming together on it, really thinking about complex ideas and projects and things and normally when you build something and the expectation is that it's going to do everything for everyone yeah it doesn't always do everything for everyone the way they would want it to and i think all in all the space shuttle for as much as it was everyone trying to get everything they wanted out of the spaceship it did it all really mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. yeah and you know yes there were things we have to consider about um you know the level of risk the the safety associated with some of the components and you know and learning from all that which i hope we are even when we're not building spacecraft that look like it we, we have to take the lessons learned from it. And, um, but I one day look forward to this. Why I'm like, just keep like elbowing my friends over there. It's, you know, Sierra space with like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Steve Lindsay, who works there um, at Sierra space is, is one of their main guys for the flights and stuff. Um, he was our commander on STS 133, okay. which was that last yeah. flight of discovery. Yeah. And so, 
I'm like, dude, yes, please. Um, let's get that that chirp back on the runway. Yeah, it, it's and and also I think if you you know for us space freaks and 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 you know um, lovers of all things space, there's something about seeing something that big in a hangar. You know, like it. it you know, the Orion will be lovely, I'm sure, you know, yeah. as we go to Artemis but um, and the Artemis program back to the moon. But it's just, I think it was a really special, uh, really special craft, you know. And, and Well, what you said, I think is so true. Yeah. It, it's the kind of the familiarity of yeah. a winged, yeah. you know, a winged spacecraft, um, you know, for pe- that people could kind of establish a relationship with it. You know, they could, you know, feel like they were familiar with it. Yeah. And, um, yeah. But yeah, Artemis is going to be cool too. I look at, you know, and, and in the hangar, it's not just the capsule, you know, you see it like with the service module. And so it, it gets it a little bit bigger. Feel. Okay. Yeah. So um, we'll be, be nice to have some wings. We'd be looking at that. Maybe the solar panels. Yeah. yeah it might, it might look really <laughs> impressive at the time it's built, but I've only seen the little yeah. models. So it's like, mm, I can't imagine yeah. that, you know? Yeah. It's just different. Yeah. Uh, Nicole, tell us about um, space for art. Tell us about that. Wow. Um, well, it, it absolutely what I consider my mission in yeah. life now. And, uh, and I think we've spoken about this before where I feel like, um, I feel like now where I'm at, at this place that I had the opportunity to go have these experiences in space, yeah. right. So yeah. that I could bring them back to earth and work, you know, through programs like what we're doing at the space for art foundation. And, when I retired from my, from NASA, I just kept coming back to that painting we talked about, you know, in space. Yeah, that, yeah. And, and, and to me, this idea of how we need, we need to connect with more than just the people that already love space, right? Um, we do a good job at that already, but there's all these ways, these creative ways, I think that we can engage audiences that don't know about space, that don't know about this International Space Station with, you know, for over 20 years with these 15, 16 countries coming together and more with those that have visited um, in this peaceful, successful way, everything about it bringing, you know, something in, that improves life back here on earth. And art to me seemed like, okay, I could use art to engage those audiences and then get them involved with the backstory. You know, when they look at my little swirly wave painting, um, and they're like, wow, what child did this? You know, it's not so important, right? It's not so important. Do they like my art or not? It's that I yeah. can say, oh yeah, well, this is based on this picture I took from the international space station. It'll be like, you know, the what, and then you can, you can, and they're the ones next to, you know, they, they got the thing on the app, but long story, I'm a rambler told you. Need. Um, <laughs> so in that, in that pursuit of using like creating and using my own art to share the space flight experience. I was invited to participate on a project with um, a really wonderful artist, Ian Sion. Um, he was the founder and director of the art and medicine program uh, at MD Anderson in Houston, the pediatric cancer center there. And he always did these really cool kind of what he calls community art projects with the kids where each child would create an individual piece of art. And then that would be built into some larger scale art piece, you know, this big Akoa dragon where every scale was a kid's piece of art. And it's like 25 feet long and 15 feet tall. I mean, it's just gorgeous. And so we came, we came up with spacesuits. Um, and it's, um, I don't know, we have, a, we have a tagline now for the Space for Art Foundation, which is a group that grew out of just these individuals coming together and doing these projects. Um, 
where we're uniting a planetary community of children through the awe and wonder of space exploration and the healing power of art. So really space art and healing. And I'll tell you, Neve, I have, I mean, I could talk all day about the different art suits we've done, yeah. how ILC Dover, the spacesuit company, I mean, absolutely the same company that made the Apollo suits for walking on the moon, that made my spacesuit that I got to do a spacewalk in, yeah. have been volunteering with us since day one to quilt these kids' artwork together into these just gorgeous art spacesuits. A couple of them have flown to the space station. Oh, amazing. The kids have gotten to see them there. And um, but more importantly, I think, I mean, it really gets down to that, you know, uniting these kids on wonder of space exploration, healing power of art. It's incredible. I have never experienced anything like it. And we know how space inspires, right? Absolutely. We do. Yeah. Yeah. And, but to see these kids, I mean, honestly, in going through in these places, you know, hospitals, refugee centers, going through what you hope is really pray is the worst thing they ever have to experience in their life and how they sit up stronger and they feel better and they're painting. And again, that transcendent word, it's like they're lifted out of that experience for that time. And they're talking about their future and whether they want to go to space or not. And they really are lifted out of that place. And I think it is a healthful thing. Um, and so I don't know. I get, I get the yeah. goosebumps with that yeah. one too. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, I mean, it's, it's just something I, I'm so proud of too, that we've been able to grow from working in one hospital on, you know, on one spacesuit to um, right now we've on our latest project, we've collected um, artwork from at least one child in every country on the planet. And ILC has started the work on this suit called Beyond. And we're going to be, we've been invited to, um, I think, well, I think the suit is being invited and we just get to come along. <laughs> we just like to hold us. We're like, oh, we, we have to hold us. <laughs> <laughs> to the UN Climate Change Conference, oh, COP26 in November in Scotland. And with the suit as this ambassador for Spaceship Earth, this message of the, again, the interconnectivity between personal health and planetary health. And um, I don't know, just like as a spokesperson for how we should be, you yeah. know, crewmates here on yeah. Spaceship Earth. And, and the kids get it. You know, they get that concept too. It's really cool to see how, how that just is this easy reality for them. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's lovely. You, you tie, you've tied in so many things in that, you know, like art, everybody can do. Um, and, and space, I think everybody understands in space in some fundamental level, but you're right. Accessing those people who feel that space or science isn't for them is a fantastic yeah. entry point into it. And it's lovely to hear about the self-belief kicking in because it's, it's back to those people that you met along the way that gave you that little nudge. They didn't say, you're amazing. You're fantastic. They literally right. opened, <laughs> they opened a kind of a door that you hadn't seen. And it's lovely to hear that you saying that they sit up, they sit up a little bit prouder because that's, 
that's really what it's what it's all yeah. about, isn't it? That's art and and space and science. It's just to kind of for me, curiosity is is key. And it sounds like you're yeah. just unlocking this thing that yes, of course you can learn anything. Of course you can do this. And the pride that they must feel to know that their piece of art is on a spacesuit, firstly, but that secondly, like that it's it's traveling to space. So so it's fantastic. And I was delighted to see that you were one of the one of the um, you know the, the the foundations that were that were given um, sponsorship there by Blue Origin when uh, when Wally flew, which. Yeah. That was amazing. Wally was, I was in floods. Were you watching Wally? I just, <laughs> talk about justice. It's just lovely yeah. to see. Yeah, there was an found. energy there for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll tell you, we, you know, we're delighted too, Neve. We are delighted too. Yeah, that, it's great. Um, that the folks at Club for the Future would, I love their name too, because I think yeah. it's so perfect, um, especially in what, what they're doing, um, you know, would include us. Um, it is certainly you know, it certainly puts us in a place where we can, um, I think, thrive, you know, really start to, to thrive in all this and, and to just continue on this, you know, this mission of space art and healing with these kids around the world and, and watch. I mean, there is just this joy that they see, I think, even more than just their individual piece of art, right? And I think it's what's so cool about space exploration too, the space station. You know, it's not just about any one country's thing going on there. We realize how this kind of tapestry has to come together to, mm. you know, mm. really make it the most beautiful and powerful, you mm. know, mm. thing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mission, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. And um, yeah, very thankful that uh, have the opportunity to bring all of that, you know, together in some way. I think that's what we're all looking for in one way or another is how do we take all of our talents all of our loves and you know bring them together in a meaningful way nicole it's been great uh, talking to you thank you so much for your time today and uh, you know and keep doing keep doing what you're doing because i think connecting climate and space and art and and inspiring i mean it's it's all in there so um so thanks again and uh thank and i you. look forward <laughs> i look forward uh, to many people reading and um, back to earth it really does connect climate and us and our place in it all and all of us having an Earthrise moment through your experience. So thanks for sharing that with us. Thanks. Thanks for getting that, David. I think, you know, um, climate's one of those things we can look at as, as this extraordinary challenge we have. And what's beautiful, though, is I think we can apply these same ways of being to all of, all of the challenges that we have. And I'm so thankful for you, including me. And I'm so thankful to know you as an earthling and crewmate, and I I know you appreciate the awe and wonder. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Humans of Space podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. For more of our podcasts, head to skynightmagazine.com or search for us on iTunes, Acast, Spotify, or your usual podcast provider.